Galatians chapter number 5. In verse number 1, the Bible says this, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do, to do the whole law. Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Ye did run well, who did hinder you that ye should not obey the truth? Paul is writing to the to the Galatian churches in chapter number one. He he says in verse one of chapter one, Paul an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brethren which are with me into the churches of Galatia. And so we find that Paul is writing this to the, to the Galatian churches. And their issue that Paul is having, and he mentions this all throughout the, the book here, is this. Those that had learned the Word of God, those that had, had studied from, from Paul, those that had understood that salvation was in Jesus Christ and Him alone, that someone had come in and began to teach them a false doctrine. And so Paul is addressing that here in this, this book. And he says things, he, he says things like, oh foolish Galatians in chapter number three and verse number one, and, and uh, uh, who hath bewitched you that ye should not obey the truth? In chapter number one, in verse number seven, he says, uh, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. He mentions as well, if he could, he'd pluck his own eye out for them. And, and he, in this entire chapter, in this entire book, he is dealing with them about this fact that they have learned the gospel, they had learned what was right, and now they're finding themselves giving, giving way to, to false teaching and false preaching. And he writes this book to warn them. We come to chapter number 5, and he says this in chapter number 5, Stand. Stand in Christ. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. I like the video here this evening. The man said this. It was when he got saved, it was like he was cut from that bondage, that bondage of sin. The reality is this. The moment that we've trusted Jesus Christ, we're no longer under the bondage of sin. We're no longer under the bondage of having to keep the law or try to, to do good works or try to do enough to merit salvation. There's nothing a person can do to merit salvation outside of what Jesus Christ has already done. There's nothing. And so Paul is, is dealing with that fact here, and he's telling the church here, the Christian here, to stand in Christ. You know, Christian, I think of so many things that this world is throwing at us here today. I really believe we live in the end times. I, and I know many preachers for generations have said that, but I'll tell you, if you look at the world events, if you take newspaper articles of what's happening around this world, you can put them right next to events, prophecy, things that are taking place in the Word of God, and it just seems like at any moment, we're going to see Jesus Christ come back. He's going to call us home. And Paul is addressing the Galatians here, and he says, stand, stand fast. 
And he says this in the first five or so verses. And he, and he says, stand fast, therefore, in verse number five, for we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. And he gets into verse number six, and he says, For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. You know what we find here? Not only is Paul telling us to stand, he's also saying this, you can't work your way to salvation. There's nothing you and I can do outside of our faith in Jesus Christ. You know, as I read through that, there is something that this world needs to know, and this world needs to know that faith in Jesus Christ is the only way. Whether it be uh, Papua New Guinea where, where the Keatons are going or the Dominican Republic like we heard this morning or, or one of the other missionaries that have come through this month, China, wherever it might be. You know what? The, the way, the truth in life, it doesn't matter what nationality they're from. It doesn't matter what continent they're on. None of that matters. The only thing that matters is this, that you must put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. You must put your faith in Christ. You know, I'm afraid this, if we're not careful, we can, we can just be satisfied that the world, the world doesn't know Jesus Christ. And as we've said all month long, half of the world sits in darkness. Half of the world does not have the Word of God. Half of the world does not even know who Jesus Christ is. That's a problem for us. Paul tells us this, that you can't work your way to salvation. There's nothing a person can do, circumcision nor uncircumcision. The only way to Christ, the only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ. And Paul goes on to say, and I just want to point out some things just for sake of time here this evening, uh, knowing that just because of the events tonight, we got a little bit late. I just want you to just go through this chapter with me, and I want to point some things out that I pray will help you. He says in verse number 7, ye did run well. And he asks this question, who did hinder you that ye should not obey the truth? This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. He says, a little leaven, leaven leaveneth the whole lump. I have confidence in you through the Lord that ye will be none otherwise minded, but he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment whosoever he be. Paul is saying this, listen to the right people. There are so many things out there that can draw the Christian away from the truth. Church, just because you read something, it doesn't make it truth. Just because you hear somebody on the television teaching or preaching something, it does not make it truth. There are so many things being taught out there today that it's false. In churches like this church, people are falling victim and prey to, to false teaching. And just because a, a man, just because a man has a TV show, it doesn't mean what he's teaching is true. Just because a book is published, it doesn't mean that it's true. If anything goes against the word of God, then don't believe it. It's not true. There are some things, there are some things that have been brought to my attention that um, uh, there are some even in our church that has begin to begin to believe things and begin to, to, to uh, 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 go after teaching that is just not true. 
There are some that believe this. The Old Testament has no use to us as Christians, and so we shouldn't even preach it, follow it, or learn from it. Do you know the, the fact of the matter is this? The Old Testament is the Word of God. There are some that are teaching this, that the gospel that Jesus Christ preached is a different gospel than what Paul teached, taught. There are some that are they're teaching that, that the gospel is different from, from uh, 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 when Jesus was teaching to where Paul was teaching and what we're learning today, that it's different. The truth of the matter is this, the gospel of Jesus Christ has not changed. It is about the death, the burial, and the res- resurrection of Jesus Christ. That has not changed. It has not changed how a person can be saved. A person is saved by putting their faith in the finished work of the cross, in putting their faith in what Jesus Christ has done. He has shed his blood. His blood was the payment for our sin. Baptism doesn't save a person. There are some that teach this and believe this, that once a person is saved, they're not truly saved until they're baptized by the Holy Spirit. I was dealing with a young lady that that was taught that and believed that, and she was so confused. She said, I believe in Jesus, but I'm waiting for the Holy Spirit to baptize me. And she was just waiting and waiting and waiting for this, thinking that she wasn't saved, uh, wanting to be saved, but not understanding why the, the Holy Spirit wouldn't come upon her and baptize her. And I said this, you're believing in something false. Satan is confusing. He is using religion to confuse people today. But it's not just true today. It was happening all the way back here when Paul warned the Galatian churches. He warned them, don't allow someone to come in and begin to teach you something different. Don't allow someone to come in and persuade you. Don't allow someone to come in and begin to add anything to your salvation. Don't allow someone to come in and change the fact that it's only through Jesus Christ. It's not through good works. It's through Christ. The question would be this, are you listening to the right thing? Are you listening to the right thing? Paul goes on to say in the same chapter in verse number 12, I would they were even cut off which trouble you. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. You know, Paul's saying there to the Christian, stay right. Stay right. He says, I wish those that bothered you, I wish those that were teaching you wrong, I wish they were cut off. For brethren, ye have been called into liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. You know what he's saying there? Don't use liberty as an excuse to sin. Live right. You know, we're needed more than ever, I believe, are Christians that'll live right. Christians that won't give in to their flesh. We're teaching and preaching through the book of uh, James on Wednesday evenings, and, and we're showing and looking through it. James is, is challenging the Christian not to live in accordance to their flesh, not to live to envy or to lust, but to live a life pleasing the Lord. And Paul is saying the same thing here in Galatians chapter 5. He's saying don't use the fact that you're saved. Don't use the fact that you have liberty in Christ. Don't use the fact that you've been forgiven as an excuse to sin. Live right. 
Boy, anything else, we need Christians in this generation that'll have a, a witness for, for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We ought to have uh, Christians that, that live different, that act different, that talk different, that look different, that walk different. Everything about them ought to be different because they're saved. Amen. Not living a life that their flesh wants to live. Paul says, stay right. Verse number 15, he says, But if any bite and devour one another, take heed, ye be not consumed one of another. Paul is there challenging the Christian. Strive for unity. You know, Christian, there are so many things in this world that are drawing us apart. Trying to divide. You know, the two institutions that God ordained, the church and the home, are the two institutions that Satan is constantly, constantly trying to divide. Trying to put a wedge in. You know, we need to realize this, that there is an enemy, and that enemy is trying to destroy your life. Trying to destroy your marriage, trying to destroy your church. And won't stop till it's done. Paul is encouraging the believer to, to be sure to stand in Christ, not to, not to, not to, uh, uh, sway from, from what they know is right and, and, and not to work their way to salvation, but to realize that salvation is through Jesus Christ, not to allow outside influences to come in and draw them away from truth and to stay right in their life, not allow their, their flesh to control them. And he says this, strive for unity, be unified. You know how we're going to reach this community and how we're we're going to reach this world is by being unified and allowing the Holy Spirit of God to work through us. Don't let small things get you off course. Don't let small disagreements, don't let small things that have no matter for, for, for eternity get you sidetracked. Don't allow things to offend you. Don't, 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 don't allow things to, to cause disunity in your home or in your church. Stay unified. Strive for unity for Christ's sake. In verse number 16, he goes on to say this. This I say then. Walk in the Spirit. And ye shall not fulfill the lust of your flesh. You know what, Christian? Write this down. Every Christian ought to allow the Holy Spirit of God to lead you. You know what I fear? There are some Christians that don't, know, don't understand and don't know how to walk in the Spirit. It doesn't mean that they're not saved. They're just not yielded to the Holy Spirit of God. They're not, allowing, they're not allowing the Holy Spirit to control them. And Paul says, walk in the Spirit. Don't walk in your flesh. Don't respond the way that your flesh wants to respond. Don't, don't feed your flesh. Allow the Holy Spirit of God. Allow His Spirit to guide you. And then the Bible goes on, there's several verses from that point down that talks about uh, uh, sin and the, the sin that Christians ought not be involved in. And then the Bible goes on to tell us this, the fruit of the Spirit, it's love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And that's, that's the evidence of the fruit of the Spirit living in us. That's what we ought to behave like. 
And finally this evening in verse number 25 and 26, Paul shows us how to live. He says, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. Paul concludes this chapter, chapter number 5, showing us and giving us an illustration of how we as Christians ought to live. You know, Christian, we ought to come to church to get energized, to learn, to get to get helped so that we can go out and live in this world how a Christian ought to live. You know what Paul is saying throughout this chapter? Christians ought to be different. They ought to be different. The most caring people ought to be Christians. The most, the most loving people ought to be Christians. Those Christians ought to bring love and joy and peace in long suffering into every situation. There's got to be something different. A Christian ought to live different. You know, he says, everything you learn, put it into action. He says, if we live in the Spirit, let us also what? Walk in the Spirit. It says, what you learn, live. You know that old saying, don't do as I die, do as I say, not as I do? You ever hear that? Anybody ever tell you that? I remember that story of a fellow, he's sitting there on a, on, a, on a sofa smoking cigarettes one after another, and he says to his kids, don't ever let me catch you smoking, if so, I'll break your fingers. It's not helping him. Paul is saying, what you know, live. Live, be different. We ought to go out of here this week living like Christians. Every single person that comes in contact with us ought to see someone that has the fruit of the Spirit in them. They ought to see love. They ought to see joy. They ought to see peace. They ought to see long-suffering. They ought to see gentleness. Every situation that we come in contact with, every single uh, problem that we come in contact with, every single uh, 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 way that we can show that we are a child of God, we ought to show. And the only way that we're going to show that is if we're being yielded to the Spirit of God and He is working through us and we are being obedient as He's, as we're yielded to Him. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Look at verse number 26 and I'll be through this evening. Let us not be desirous of vain glory provoking one another, envying one another. Paul is saying there, your relationship is right between each other. Your home, your, your marriage ought to be right. Your relationship with each other, it ought to be right. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. There's no unity in envying. Paul says, don't let someone come in 
and cause problems. Don't let someone come in and teach you falsely. Don't let someone come in and cause disunity. Strive for unity. Get along. You say, I can't get along. I'm human. It's impossible to get along. You're right. For humans to get along in their flesh, it's impossible. It's impossible because somebody's going to say, I want to be in charge. Somebody's going to say, I want it my way. But Paul says, and that's what I'm trying to show you, you can't live in the flesh and have unity. You can't live in, in the flesh and expect to get along. There's going to be problems. There's going to be fighting. The only way for you to get along is if you're yielded to the Spirit of God. You've got to be spiritual. You've got to allow the Holy Spirit of God to, 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 to uh, uh, lead you and, and live in the Spirit and, and also walk in that Spirit. That's the way and the only way that, that human beings can get along. Not because they can, but because God can through us. So Paul says there's a way to live. He starts out saying, stand in Christ. He says, you can't, you can't work your way to salvation. Don't listen to things and people that are trying to pull you away. Stay right. Strive for unity. Allow the Spirit to lead you and live in unity. You know, he's saying, live what you say you believe. If you believe this book, live it. If you believe this book, live it.